Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. What episode are we on? 34 question mark. 30, Hell if I know. Welcome We're back everybody to Mixed Company. Hey. We're at the point where we've had enough uh, episodes that I don't know what number we're on. Isn't that how birthdays work? After like a certain number you're like. That's to hell right. if I know. <laughs> I know. I know how old I just turned. Uh, after about months, maybe a year of talking about it, I'm officially 30. Woohoo! Welcome. Dirty Welcome. 30. Dirty, real dirty 30. Welcome to the, to the <laughs> dirty side. You catch that raspy voice? I, yeah, I got the raspy voice to, to boot. I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it for dope shit, because I really feel like I, I feel like I have a lot to share. You do. You do. All right. Um. But yeah, I'm glad to be back with you guys outside of the any uh, bar or restaurant establishment. Um, <laughs> so yeah, how y'all doing? Um, I feel blessed. Oh. I feel really, really blessed. As you guys know, um, well, you may not know, my, I'm originally from Florida. That's right. So my family lives in Florida. And at the beginning of this week, when I saw Category 5 Irma... And her two friends, Jose and Katya, on the way to Florida. Katya, too? Yes. Well, Katya was in the, on the side. She was just, like, on the I didn't see left. Katya. Well, anyway. Because Harvey was out here messing with my, with my family. Right. So. And thank God, like, my friends in Houston are okay. Um, but Irma really scared somebody. Scared me half to death. Um Fortunately, thank God, everybody is safe. Um, once she hit Florida, it was in Category 5. I think it was like 4 or 3. It was but, 4. But family's okay. They lost power, but God is good. So I'm glad I feel blessed. That. So Definitely. Yeah, I also have up. family out in Florida um, that uh, are doing well. Um, had family out in Texas uh, during Harvey that also did well. Um Shout out and prayers out to everyone who is um, having a challenge, kind of rebuilding after all of those storms. They were really big. Um, if you do not believe that a global warming exists, I hope you know, and I hope you see, and I hope you understand that it's for real, for real. Um, there, those were three really big. Those weren't even tropical storms when they hit land. Those were three really big. Um, hurricanes yeah like jose is still out there he's like a category one now um so hopefully that doesn't get bigger you know but um global warming is real and if you don't think so you better ask the weather forecast or something better hit up bill nye somebody yep 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 sim how you living i'm living all right <laughs> i'm recuperating i've had two long weekends you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, for all of that, I guess we can just go ahead and get into, um, let's go ahead and start getting get into our listener question. It's been a while since we've had Yay. this, and then we can talk about our weekends and all the dope shit and ain't yes. shit that's occurred, right? So this is from an anonymous listener um, sent to us via tw Twitter. <laughs> hey, guys, I have a question I'd love for you guys to give advice on in your next episode. Essentially, how would you move forward at your at your agency 
after finding out the partner in the HR department has either subconsciously or consciously sabotaged the efforts of the diversity initiative you've been a part of, you've been a part of building alongside that individual um, as well as with someone else. Thanks. So it sounds like this listener is working on a diversity initiative with a team. One of these team members is in the HR department um, and comes to find out that this person may not necessarily have either the best intentions to execute or I would assume the best um, or they don't want it to be executed at all. Mm-hmm. How do we handle? Yeah, I think it was like how the sabotage like that's the part I'm unclear about. So they have an initiative, but the HR partner, HR person doesn't want it to happen. Is that, is that I the mean, question? That's what it sounds yeah. like. It's, I, think okay. the, I think the biggest question here is like, how do you, how would, how would you move forward at your agency? Or how do you move once you find out that somebody's out here trying to fuck up your yeah. shit? I feel like I, that's the more clear way yeah. to say it, right? I, and when I someone mean, tries to fuck up your shit, how do you move forward? And when, and when you say it like that, that just, I feel like that sentiment, um, plays out a lot it regardless does. of wherever you work and regardless um, of what you're even working on and obviously. what you're working on um and so the first thing that came to mind when i heard the question is that buzzfeed article about all the petty ways that you can respond to somebody via email i do it all because the time. i think the first thing first thing you want to do is you want to start the paper trail because if someone yeah. is actively working to uh sabotage you then you want to, um, you know, have your checks and balances. So the paper trail would be, as per our conversation on such and such date, when we all agree to blah, 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 I just want to reiterate or follow up to ensure that we're hitting the KPIs that we set or the steps that we're taking are going to ladder up to, you know, the goals that we were putting down. Because once you do that, it kind of holds them accountable for the, the decisions and actions that they're um, that they're making, and then if you if they don't respond to your liking or you don't feel like um, the situation is still playing out the way that you think it should, then you have the leverage to escalate it to a higher power to ensure that the diversity initiative um, actually happens the way that you intended it for for it to happen. I agree. I think when you put it in paper or even when you have at the end of the day, it either held holds the person accountable or when the results happen or after you guys have a program or initiative and people want to see the results and you kind of have that post-mortem, you have the paper trail of like if they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing or if they pushed back, you know, you get to Whoever, if you need to report that to somebody, I would assume the CEO would want to know the results of something. You know, they have that paper trail that you weren't, that person wasn't on board or wasn't trying to see that project to its full potential. Um, Yeah, I think those are two really good ways to approach any situation in which um, someone's really just not here for you. Someone's not being a team player. Um, I think those are probably the least favorable words any employee likes to hear from another coworker is that you're not being a team player. Um, 
because it, it shows a lack of accountability. So Simeon talked about the petty email. Um, the real the the realness behind the petty email is not just to be a smart ass, but also to be very clear and concise with your documentation and your communication. Um, to Karina's point, you you definitely want to make sure um, that you are that you do have a, a history um, recorded of every conversation, every action taken. Um, and and honestly, I feel like. I feel like this is where project managers tend to excel because this is a part of our job. The next thing is um, you still got to get the initiative done. I'm assuming that this project um, is still going on. Let's say it is going on and you need to get to the end of it. Regardless of whether or not somebody is trying to uh, sabotage you or, like I, as I like to say, fuck up your shit, you are still responsible, especially as a passionate um, and and willful participant on this project to see it through. Um, I don't think it hurts to have a conversation with that person saying and let them know, hey, I feel like regardless of what they're doing, whether it's uh, going behind your back or just not doing any work, it's fair to say, you know, I don't feel supported in this uh, in this objective. Uh, and this is you can either say this is what I need you to do and tell them these are the steps I need you to take or you can be clear and say I will be taking X, Y, and Z off your hands moving forward to ensure it gets done and follow up with you after. Um, as, a, as, as a producer, as a project manager, I've had many situations working with many stakeholders on projects in which sometimes people really just don't want to whether it's work with you because it's personal, they don't want to work on the project, they don't believe in the goal, they don't believe in the results, whatever. They're just having a bad month, week, fucking year. Who cares, right? If it doesn't, if it doesn't execute, if it doesn't get completed, always assume that the fingers are going to point back at you. So you want to make sure that you've done everything in your power on a communication level, on a history, historical tracking level, as well as on a, uh, as well as on an awareness and executional level, like you got to be the responsible one, and your weakest link will hold you back. And if you're recognizing that you have a weak link or a spiteful link, you need to let them go, grab the harness, and move forward yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's easier to to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission you don't need to worry about tiptoeing around anybody you don't have to change how you're moving uh at your agency you just need to get the shit the fuck done you need to get it done to a point where that person best case scenario you do it so well that they want to take credit and you get to tell people nah 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 son that was me worst case scenario um you take it it doesn't go off but it doesn't go off as planned but it still gets done, and you still get to walk away with saying that this is what you did. Um, so the, I, I think that's our advice for these things. Yeah, and I, and I also, like, I like that advice so much, even just apart from this in real life, whether you start your own thing or whatever project you do, that's really, really sound advice. But also, I don't know the group or team makeup, but make sure you have support as well, because if... I don't know the intentions of this person who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, but it's when you have that support and you have people to back up, you know, or even if it's like 
trying to get your thoughts from somebody else of how to approach this person or, you know, and, and this advice is after you speak with them that they're still not um, on board or they, you guys still don't see eye to eye. There's one thing of kind of being on one side of the seesaw, if you know what I mean, and, you know, not having, you know, that support. So just be very cognizant of the situation and, and try to do your best with this project and see it through and, and make sure that it's a hundred percent, even when this person's not. Yeah, I would definitely say Google that uh, Buzzfeed article with all the best petty responses for professional emails. I enjoyed it very much. So, all right. Um, let me just go ahead on and apologize for my voice. Cause I know, <laughs> I know I sound like a 75 year old man with a frog <laughs> in his throat. Um, but I've just been out here living my best life, <laughs> and my best life has taken my best voice. Um, so I'm about to be out here sounding real raspy and sexy for maybe another <laughs> week. Um, but yeah, I know I probably don't sound as pleasing as real dirty <laughs> as I as I really as I usually do. This isn't my real voice; it's just my radio voice. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said. Um, listener we hope you know everything works out let us know if we can help with your initiative in any way um yeah because i mean at this point you know if you're out here feeling like that it's all hands on deck uh and we're definitely down to contribute some insights um or some some whatever you need that we got if we got it you got it all right got you back all right so how about some dope shit or some ain't shit Womp, womp. Sounds I like have Karina has shit. some ape shit. <laughs> All right, well let's do a let's do a sandwich. Sim, why don't you start with your dope shit? Then Karina, you can talk about y'all ain't shit. Yay! All right, so my dope shit is the AT and T Creatathon, which uh, happened um, last weekend, and it was basically a forty-eight hour film competition where um, AT and T briefed. Um, I think there were probably about 50 people who signed up to do it. Um, basically, told them to go out and create a film. Uh, they lent some equipment, uh, a limited amount of uh, equipment out to people to produce films. And my team and I won second place. So, shout out to us. Um, yeah. And there were, I mean, what was dope about it was it was a platform that allowed um, a lot of people, um, especially people of color, to create something that they could be proud of. Um, also, give them some valuable experience with, you know, producing films and uh, give them a platform to showcase, you know, the work that they are they're creating. And I think they they do it all over the country. They do a, quite a few um, thons. So I think they have a, um, a hackathon coming up. Um, for 360 videos so definitely check out uh that shout out to at&t um for you know creating this event and letting me win some amazon money so hey shout out friend congratulations you want you say you want money amazon money so so what we get like <laughs> so what we buying on time you know you, you know we got like, prime <laughs> i got prime too listen um, this, that should be here in like a day or two. Like, what? You <laughs> oh, wait, did the Whole Foods start yet? Yes. yes. Um, hmm. Yeah. 
Awesome. Congratulations. And as well, uh, also to your teammates, um, congrats to you guys. Yeah. Looking forward to you guys doing more fun, innovative, and money-winning things like that. Oh, you know what? I don't know if that film is up. It could be. I'll, I'll post it if it is. Okay. Cool. And pat myself on the back a little bit more. Okay. So what's the issue, Karina? How can, how can well, it make you feel better? Well, I don't know. This is ancient, but I think this was shocking for me, a little disturbing for me. So as you guys know, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was, I'm in New York. My family's in Florida, and I'm watching coverage, like 24-hour coverage about the hurricane, where it's going and everything. I pull up on Facebook, and um, there is a local news Facebook Live video of people looting um, at, like, a Simon store. And Simon stores are, like, the outlet stores. So they're oh, watching Simon this shoot. in real time. Gotcha. And you know how in Facebook Live you can give comments and people are like, shoot them. Mind you, just to give you a picture of the looters, these are about five to ten black like teenagers. And their everybody's response is like, shoot them, whatever. Some people were like, that's the way they'll learn. So I commented to somebody like this is crazy how, why, like, how is this the, 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 the answer to all solutions? Like, this is insane. Something of that line of that sort. This lady comments back to me. She's like, well, you have, if you ever had pests in your home, what would you do? Exterminate them. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit, bitch. bitch, for real? <laughs> so I was like, well, Whoa. these are people, not pests, but that doesn't matter to you anyway. No comment after that. So my thing is this, the ancient part of this. You know oh, when that you wasn't s- it? <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that wasn't like, it? Oh, like okay. she wasn't ancient. <laughs> the thing is, like, when you go on Twitter, people say some shit about Taylor Swift. People's um, profiles are disabled. But things like this on Facebook, there's no repercussion. There's no, and we know that because for me to say that comments on Facebook ain't shit, that means there's more comments. And I've seen worse comments. But the fact that these aren't regulated, like these are people, whether they're looting or whatever, they're not pests. And, you know, having that type of dialogue on a public, you know, social platform is a problem and allowing that is a problem. So that's my answer. Um, man, um, I have lots of feels. I don't have a whole bunch of words, right? Right. So I find it ironic when we describe looters during moments of tragedy, of desperation, uh, just just strife, like belong, like biblical, biblically described strife, mm-hmm. we look at shooter. Uh, we look at looters. We look at we look at looters as looters. We we take we look at the word and we take it as something negative. Um, I don't know about y'all. Uh, the images that I saw in all of those areas that were deeply, 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 deeply um, affected. affected by these hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes, because there was a lot of shit that happened last week. Right. Everything is closed down, right? Uh, when it says it's about to snow or that we're getting a bad, bad rain, what do we do? We go to the store and we probably stock up on a couple meals to get us through maybe a weekend, right? Yep. What happens when that shit runs out? 
what happens when you don't have no more food to feed your children in your house and you have no electricity and you have no means of communication uh, and you have no way to drive to the store because the stores are closed? Do you you just like, listen, my question is like, are you supposed to just starve? Like people be really out here like granted. Yeah, there are some ignorant motherfuckers out here that for real be on some shit like, yeah, I'm about to go steal me a TV. Motherfucker, you can't plug that shit no, in nowhere anyway. Exactly. But for the people out here that are literally resorting to their last option to go, yes, take food because they, A, don't have access to a bank or money. They, B, don't have electricity they don't have a means of transportation they need things you still need things whether it costs money or not am i saying that it's right to steal no but i am saying that when you're put when your back is pushed into a corner and you need to survive survive we're not even talking about thriving we're not we're not talking like we're not talking about people that that it doesn't matter what the fuck we're talking about people were in in desperate in, in 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 states of desperation these last weeks and we like to look at looters as if oh my god these people like we like to just dis- even when Katrina happened we like to just dis- to, to discuss the idea of looters and when you see looters we always think about like black kids young black kids or, or black people running up in stores as if as soon as the rainfall we just lining up trying to steal shit and I bet you not one of those people considered like they need these things. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they need fresh water. Maybe there's somebody at home. Maybe there's somebody at home dying. But we don't get that benefit of the doubt. No. And that's what the com- and that's what the comment section is for. The comment section is for ignorance. Because the reality is people that want to have conversation and want to see change and want to make push things forward and be progressive, they have those conversations out in real life with real people. People that don't really have shit else to do, as we like to call trigger fingers that turn to Twitter fingers, mm-hmm. that's what they're there for. So I don't personally, I don't respond to comments, but I always see that template of that that person that has no context for what it's like to need to survive. A lot of people in this country don't know what it's like to need to survive. They don't know what it's like not to have a backup plan. They don't know what it's like to not have insurance. They don't know what it's like to be in an area where at any moment your home can be completely demolished. And yet still, these same people have so many ideas on how, on what's right and what's wrong. Nobody's worried about no fucking laws when their homes are in, are, are in danger, when their families are in danger, when they're in danger. Nobody's worried about l- law and, and legality and paying and let me leave this $3 on the counter for when they get back so they know that I took this, this milk. No, people have to live. They have to survive and they have to do what they have to do. And guess what? That store, they got insurance. They're going to be all right. Those and, people, if they don't get the means they leave, guess what? They're not going to be all right. And even in this example, I know it's a Simon Stores and it's a lot of clothing. It's an outlet store. But the thing, is, like, my thing is, like, I know that the Twitter, the, that comment section is for ignorance, but the fact that that is allowed to be said and what really got me thinking. is Simon like a strip mall? No, it's like a outdoor like outlet. It's outlets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and let's talk, let's think about what they have in outlets. 
They yeah. don't just have, it's not just all Louis Vuitton but, everywhere. No, it's like Nike. It's, you know, it's, it's things clothes, like that. Yeah. It's, it's food. It's everything. Like, I just, I, I can't. That's why I don't read comments. I mean, I, I think what, you, what you're talking about um, highlights a bigger issue that um, somebody brought up a couple of weeks ago was when, um, when Harvey started, um, the LA Times had an article about the words that they use to describe black people mm. and white people in times of crisis. So it's mm. like when they're describing black people um, and hold on a second, I'll just actually read this verbatim. So there are two images from um, Hurricane Katrina that they use as an example. And <clears throat> when the Associated Press uh, posted this image of a young black guy um, walking through chest deep water with bags of food from the store. They described it as a young man walks through the chest deep flood water after looting a grocery store in New Orleans on Tuesday. A similar image of a white couple um, doing the same thing. The I don't know what the AFP is, but the caption for that is two residents wade through chest deep water after finding bread and soda from a local grocery store after Katrina. So like the, the words that they use to, you know, I, and I mean, I think that's, that's part of what fuels these, these racial tensions is them describing, you know, black people trying to survive during these like critical times as looting but when it comes to white people doing the same thing they're finding food and they're trying to survive so you know i mean your ain't shit is is definitely justified oh yeah <laughs> I, yeah just, i mean it's so it's many justified. levels like you said kai like Listen, so many feelings girl i don't have time for these comments section you know i'm predisposed to hypertension <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, "Y'all about to have my blood? Y'all can't raise my blood pressure because of these folk." And you know what? If they are out here stealing purses and shit, mind your fucking business. It has nothing to do. Like it really has nothing to do with you at all. Like <laughs> of all the things to worry about in this entire world, in this you storm. on here on Facebook Live worrying about shooting people out here doing what they got to do for themselves. Mind your fucking business. I just like mm. sorry. It's fine. I'm gonna go ahead and end this dumb uh, <laughs> shit or ain't shit with some amazing shit. Here we go. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and talk about me because why not? Hey. And, and and full transparency, I wasn't even going to. I was actually looking for like an article to discuss something thought provoking. But we wanted to celebrate you, friends. So. But my friends celebrate yourself. My friends just want me to live and be great, and they won't let me stop remembering that I have. Long moments of greatness. So, um, as y'all know, I just said I just turned 30, had my birthday. Thank you. Applause, applause, applause. Um, and it, if I dare say, was not an ordinary birthday. So, I have actually been curating what the celebration was going to be like for about a year. Um, for those of you that may, uh, may or may not know, I have a fake blog. And I say it's a fake blog because I don't necessarily write about anything outside of the things that I feel like writing about that day. Um, I, I talk about my travels. I talk about my family. I talk about my friends. I definitely talk about my work in advertising and diversity and inclusion. Um, 
But one of the pillars for this year on my blog was the My Life Akai Double Kinsei. Uh, so if you are familiar with Latin culture, you know that when you turn 15, you, uh, as a young lady, you are gifted with a celebration called your quinceanera, uh, in which you become a woman. Um, I did not have that because I was so immature at 15 that I just wanted to take my friends and go to Six Flags. So we didn't have no kinsei. Um, but now as uh, turning 30, I felt very accomplished. I felt that I was actually coming into my own as a woman. Um, and so I tasked myself with creating a double kinsei, uh, playing on obviously double meaning two, kinsei meaning 15, two times 15 is 30, right? Um, so we had the double kinsei celebration yeah, which was a essentially a year-long campaign um, of me taking people, <laughs> literally of me taking people, a.k.a. my friends, a.k.a. the homies, uh, to my, back to my cultural mother or fatherland, if you will, to Panama. Um, during this time, we spent about seven days in Panama City. I spent with 16 of my closest family, uh, that's friends and family, it was supposed to be 18, but but Hurricane Harvey was an, uh, a total hater um, and kept some of my Houston folks behind because of the flooding. Um, so with that, yeah, went to Panama uh, with 16 of my closest friends. We traveled to three islands off the coast of Panama. We stayed on the isthmus. That we happened. stayed in the uh, center of downtown where we could overlook the skyline. Um, we party hopped to three of their top club nightclubs in the city equipped with bottle service um we had a bunch of moments where um quite honestly we just spent time like something that i the, the thing that i wanted for my for my birthday for my year for my celebration um wasn't so much the grandeur of it of of you know the king say dress because i definitely had that or the party or the idea of saying I just wanted to travel, but it, I wanted my favorite people in my favorite place at the same time for my birthday. That's all I wanted. Um, I didn't, I don't need gifts. When I get money, I buy my own shit. I don't need cake cause I don't need cake. Uh, I don't eat cake cause I don't need cake. Um, I really just wanted my favorite people doing my favorite things. Um, we saw monkeys that were the size of 14-year-old boys, y'all. We were on literally on remote islands together. Um, we were pushing our pushing each other out of our comfort zones. We were documenting it. We were talking about it. We were reliving memories, and we were creating new ones. And it was literally the most profound and amazing experience I have had to date. Um, exactly what I wanted to gift myself and to gift my friends, quite frankly, um, was a chance to to just be together, to see things, to just see nature and to be grateful that we have the opportunity and the means to do these kinds of things for ourselves. So yes, it was every bit of the 90s hip hop video that I wanted it to be without having to worry about the record label uh, pr promotion budget. <laughs> we paid for we paid for the mount for for the mansion in the in the side of the hill. Like we we did that. Um, at, shout out to Villa Caprichosa If anybody ever has the opportunity To go to Panama Please do your favor and go to Isla Taboga And stay at that villa It is absolutely gorgeous With room for up to 16 people um, If you're like me You can fit 20 because you bring the blow up bit Or whatever um, 
but you know that was amazing watching the sunrise with my with my friends it was amazing just to 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 know that 18 because 18 people did buy tickets 18 people use their own money to buy their own tickets to get to a country that some of them have never been to before um and it meant everything it meant it meant so much and like you know I, I think Simi and you and Karina for coming out last week and like people stayed down like for a long time and I get sick of me sometimes a lot of times but like folk just wanted to be down for the cause and sometimes you need those moments um to help validate for yourself that not only do you matter to other people but understanding how much you should matter to yourself um and self-care is important when you want to do things when you want to be great, whatever that great looks like, you de- you deserve that. Um, I deserved it. I, I very well believe I deserved it. So um, I'll have a recap on my blog about the trip. Um, if you follow me on any of my social media channels, on My Life with Kai, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, um, you'll see all the recaps. I want to shout out my cousin for taking the most amazing birthday picture I've ever taken in my entire life. Girl. And I had the good, uh, the drunk eye too. And she managed <laughs> to make that look real sexy. Um, shout out to, uh, Dana Gomez for making my dress. Um, it was great. Like it was every, it was, it was what I wanted it to be. It was what I needed. Um, it was what I needed. So you yeah. done, you done. Can I give you a Yelp review? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> did I ask you if you were finished with your shit? So, no, that was actually a, a joke while um, this weekend that we were to give you Yelp reviews. Yelp for, reviews? Oh, yes. go for it. Because everywhere we go, Kai, like every party that you you orchestrate, it's a, it's a five-star Yelp review. So Thanks, I, I am a man of a certain age. Um, I do not like group trips. Um, <laughs> I barely like people. Um, and Kai, Kai produced an experience where I hated no one. <laughs> I, I, uh, I hated no days. I was extremely fucking tired every single day. And somehow all of the events that were planned gave me like a second wind. Um, the all day tour where the monkey scared the shit out of me was probably one of the best dates I've had in a long time. <laughs> um, we island hopped, uh, partied in Villa. I had partied in Villas before, but this was actually a better party at a Villa. Um, I had a dope ass vacation. It means a lot, friend, because you're a critical motherfucker. I, I he did, did a recap. Let's just he talk about whole, that. I did, I did he did a, a whole recap whole with the soundtrack. I did. I did. I did. And it was a Diddy soundtrack as well. It, it was. It, it it means a lot. And like we could joke about it. Like there's so many things I could say to be funny or whatever. But like, as bougie as it looked, as bougie as it, it was, was hella like, bougie. it, <laughs> it felt was good. But it felt good and it felt authentic to be with the homies and like. Part of the, I mean, part of this podcast is just showing that there's a whole other, like, it's okay to be diverse. And there's an entire different perspective of what black people, quite honestly, can do things that we can right. and want to do. And I felt like that, like, this trip for me just exuded that, like, we we went, uh, yeah, we wanted to be in the city, but we also, we went to the jungle. 
we also spoke to to people that like we would we generally don't have the opportunity to speak with like we also celebrated ourselves like we work hard we work real hard there are many times we come to this podcast pissed off with shit that happened at work but like I feel like this is an opportunity to just take a second and like just be grateful and be thankful and be happy and celebrate like we were just cel- it was yeah it was a celebration for me but we were just celebrating being ourselves and being dope like it was a moment to be dope and i was just so happy for that we millie rocked on boats we millie rocked on boats <laughs> forget your blocks we millie rocked on boats we definitely millie rocked it was on cool boats. so shout out to the homies shout out to everybody that liked all those pictures um shout out to anybody that may want help planning their own double king say or oh, yeah. milestone mm-hmm. party i'm next i'm <laughs> excuse me i'm totally here to help you guys give pointers I believe every birthday should be an experience, no matter how big or small. Um, and I do events on the side, so <laughs> just, just a let new me side know. hustle. It's not new. I mean, we had the the five barrel drinking tour. Like my life of Kai is just a whole bunch of experiences. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm next. You oh, can no, live Sim my life next. of Kai too. I'm already thirty. No, man, your birthday. Oh, my birthday. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I maybe still be tired. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with that being said, I think we can actually go forward and um, jump into it. Yeah, we can just kind of jump into everything. Yay. Um, so, as you guys know, like I said, we talk a lot about um, diversity and inclusion here. But sometimes, um, which I think is fair. Sometimes folk be doing too much, right? Um, as an advocate for anything, I think it is also important for us to not take ourselves too seriously to the point where we're not being productive. Right. There comes a time when one must ask themselves, am I being too woke right now? Am I being too intimidating right now? Am I just doing too much? Yes. Um, or no, or, or maybe I'm not. And I feel like there's a balance. I feel like, I feel like that balance is what scares a lot of people, uh, scares a lot of people into be, or uh, calling themselves advocates for things like diversity or for feminism or for, um, for anything, quite frankly, it's because no one wants to sound like the, 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 the preacher. You want to be the friend that has good advice, not the preacher that's badder, that's trying to bash ideals into other people's heads. So with that being said, our conversation is going to um, kind of dance around the notion of is there such thing as is there such a thing as being too culturally aware and can that be harmful uh, to your day to day work life? Isn't that kind of like being a hotel? See, that's what I think. <laughs> so, okay, 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 okay. Um, I think that's exactly what being a hotep is. So, so hotep, everybody's not going to know what hotep means. Hotep is a term, and this is a loose uh, definition that I'm going to give. Hotep is a term that those of us in the um, African diaspora communities have given to um, men and some women who do the most yeah but i'm trying to think of a clear way to explain that who are over who are overtly 
aggressive in their um, portrayal of their beliefs um, as it pertains to freeing and 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 becoming more inclusive of black uh, black people across the world. These are the, these are the people. <laughs> these are the people that sometimes stand on the corners of the streets and and call people call white people white devils. <laughs> These are the people that for, blame. For no reason. Not, like, for no, <laughs> for no reason. Like, this is a real thing. Caveat that, for no reason. It's literally for no reason. Like, this is a real thing. Listen, I'm going to be real talk. They make us uncomfortable. Like, it's, like, it's not, it's not just, true. it's not like them screaming is just making, you know, white people uncomfortable. No, they make black people feel uncomfortable. Because sometimes we walk in my room like, no, 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 wait, wait. I never, I never said that. I didn't. <laughs> That's not how I believe. Um, these are the people who um, sometimes they like to, they'll take a small opinion and try to formulate a large truth that is, in fact, a, a lie. For example, that education uh, education is uh, is a derivative of the white man's evil because it's education. And you're just like, wait, no. <laughs> that's not even how you spell educate. I don't really think that that's true. Mm-hmm. I feel like educate came from Latin, but you know what? I'm going to mind my business because it's because <laughs> you're doing too much. Um, so that's a whole tip. I think that uh, on the feminist track as well, that there's also, um, there are oftentimes there can be conversations with, um with 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 feminists because it's not just men or sorry it's not just women but it's inclusive of men but you can have conversations with feminists where it's like damn like is nothing funny to you is there no room for any joke here are we are we am i always supposed to assume that anything that comes out of my mouth is um a part of rape culture um, where is essentially where is the the wiggle room? So there are there are people that just make it really uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and yes, sometimes some jokes are not to be taken lightly. But sometimes people do do too much. Like you do. Like like you just do. I mean, not everything is a conspiracy. <laughs> Right, right? Yeah. But, like, it's hard because... It's the paranoia side. Yeah. But it's hard because you have to be cognizant so you don't get played, you know? But you don't want to overthink it. And and even when you are a champion of diversity, I, you know, the word... We've mentioned this before, I I believe, in other episodes, that the word diversity scares people because they think, oh, lots of change. But, I don't know, they have their own free own fear and connotations and whatever but that's not everybody I mean diversity is not to be scared or to be feared and even if you have even if you're woke in the office or culturally aware you know there is a time where you have to think about it in context so you don't so people don't feel uncomfortable coming to you if they have a question or even if they have something they're uncomfortable like they were in a situation that they need to talk to somebody with I don't, I, mean, I don't know like, if uncomfortable is right, the, the right saying. word because you know these conversations are are going they're to, meant to they're, be they're meant to be uncomfortable. Like, and if we're keeping diversity in context, diversity and inclusion initiatives are a direct reaction or a solution or a solution for um, racism, and so that makes that word makes people uncomfortable. And to address um, 
to address racism with diversity and inclusion, like it's it's gonna make people uncomfortable. So I don't think that, you know, trying to avoid. I don't think it's a avoid. I think mm. as a champion of diversity, one of the the if you're if you're that person that diversity champion or even not, you should be approachable as well. That's part of it. People should be able to come to you and see and ask for advice if they don't know how to deal with a situation. Right. You don't want to come to the point where you so championed out that nobody can talk to you. Well, I mean, well, let's let's talk about that, right? So when you say you're a ch- someone's a champion for diversity to me that almost that implies that they're winning at something right they're 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 fighting for it and they're making strides for it based off of what you know how we started this conversation with someone being quote unquote too woke to me that sounds like they're they're not conscious of their goals right so it's it's all about you 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 you're a bad person. You're a racist. You do racist things. You're you discriminate, but there's no solution, right? So that's 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 part of like the what happens a lot on social media, which is and a lot of it is you know taken out of context or there's snippets of the solution, but a lot of times people just hear the you 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 you. Um, and no solution happening after. And to me, that's what being too woke is, which is, you know, the white man's a devil. All men are misogynist. Um, whatever, whatever it is, whatever phobia or ism or, you know, mm-hmm. discrimination is happening where it's just pointing the finger, but it's not offering any solutions. Because if you're truly woke, then you also understand what you're working toward. And if you're working toward equality and working together, then you can't just walk around insulting people. True. Yes. Well, equality, not my favorite word. But um, so, Karina, you were gracious enough to pull together a couple articles for us to check out. And one of them I read before and I thought was actually um, hilarious uh, because I think these are the things that we kind of say all the time, but like we don't we don't discuss as people who are as intellectual um, as the intellectuals who, who who study and promote diversity and inclusion. Right. So Ebony Magazine, uh, Shay Collins from Ebony Magazine wrote um, five bad habits woke people need to break. Uh, back in 2016, actually about a month ago, sorry, about a year ago, uh, September 20th, 2016, where the first one is calling people out in unhelpful ways, speaking to what Simeon was saying. If you're just saying shit just to say shit because you A, want to hurt somebody, or B, show somebody that they're not shit, you're not shit. Because if it's not productive, why are we doing it? If you're not doing something to either fix or change, why are we here? We're here to hear ourselves, and that's not productive. Um, the second one is forgetting to check our privilege. Um, yes, everyone doesn't have privilege in the way that we know it to be. However, some of us, if we're talking about, if we're talking about race within the black community, within any racial community, there is privilege. For example, those of us in this room, we've gone to college. There are a lot of people who have not gone to college. Um, I just said we just came back from, you know, an amazing vacation. And I know, Karina, you 
didn't have the opportunity to come this time, but you've had amazing vacations. So essentially, a lot of us have more resources to work with to live a more comfortable life than other people. That's a privilege. To like it, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody doesn't have the things we have, and if we're going to be out here imposing our perspective on people without considering, um, without being considerate rather of their uh, life experiences or um, shit, just the shit they got going on, we don't deserve to be speaking. We don't deserve to be speaking to them. The other, judging others who don't think like us. Everybody is not going to be out here with the same perspective that we have, that you have, that anybody has. That is called cognitive diversity. That is the thing that the folks in the advertising industry are always trying to fight for. And you know what? It is a real thing. That cognitive uh, diversity is based on many things, socioeconomic standards, racial standards, um, geographic standards. uh, What books have you read lately? What newspapers do you like? What kind of music do you listen to? Bruh, we're not all going to be the same. And sometimes we don't need to argue about who's better, Nas, Biggie, or Pac. Sometimes it doesn't matter. We all like hip-hop. Um, <laughs> number four, looking down on the less woke. Um, this can happen in, in real life this with the diversity world. This happens in, I mean, shoot, man. This this happens in real life, and this happened to a friend of, of the show recently where – who are you to determine what is best for our for this diversity initiative? Right. You know, looking down on the less well, it's because I don't think like you or like you're not better than anyone. And I tell people this all the time. I tell my interns this. I tell people that I meet on the street. Nobody is better than you. You are not better than anybody. We just know different shit. We have a different pool of um understanding and insight to pull to pull from it doesn't necessarily mean that somehow you're scum and I'm not it just means that we move differently so that condescending tone to somebody that may not necessarily believe that we as a people have to stick together and blah 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 go fuck yourself because it doesn't matter and but that's also with learning like that's the whole reason that you share perspective to learn so which Everybody's not to her number five. Oh, here we go. Pretending like we don't have more growing to do. Mm. You ain't better than nobody. Nobody's better than you. We all just know different shit. And guess what? We're still going to learn different shit. Right. And once we start learning the same things and we're able to view things from a particular perspective, then it's easier to move forward together with a general understanding. But we all have to grow. And life change, life changes, environments change people change and therefore you saying that you are the almighty ominous understanding of all things diversity and inclusion and feminism and race and socioeconomic and blah 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 blah. you're a liar you're a liar and you're not gonna go far and like diversity is like you said like a continuous learning thing so you know you're no one's gonna have the most diverse agency or the most woke agency or the most woke you know workplace it's still continuous or even quite frankly and this is and even quite frankly for those who feel that they don't necessarily work in our industry or they feel like they might know be able to do something better it's a long it's a hard fall from the top so 
while some people are out here trying to shame other people and put other people down for trying to to do better and be better, um, it's going to be those same people that you're looking for to help you out when you fall. We all fall, and we all hit a ground. And if you're so busy judging and making, not making people feel uncomfortable in a way that's going to push them to be better, but making people feel uncomfortable about things they cannot or do not need to change, you're a shithead. <laughs> you're Get a shithead. And when, you, <laughs> and when you're put in that position, there are going to be a whole lot of people that are going to sit there and watch you just be there without helping you because you've made that, like, because you put yourself in a situation to be treated like that. Mm. Stay woke. Um, and then, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being woke. There's nothing wrong with having passion, but there's everything wrong if it's not productive. If you're not trying to change, then you're, then you're also a part of the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think when, you know, when you talk about being woke, you know, when you define it, it's, it's, it's really about being conscious to injustices. And if you're only, if the only way that you can address them is by calling out every little thing but not having a solution to back it up or not recognizing how what you experience as a black person is also similar to what somebody else experiences and being able to draw those parallels so that when you when you do call it out it's not about you it's about the greater good for everyone and it's about affecting change for the masses because and i think i've said on the show before no one's going to change for you you work at a company, you are one of many. It is easier to get rid of your ass than to try to change everyone around you just for you. But if you're talking about changing it for, changing the culture for for the benefit of everyone, then you don't just go around screaming shit out willy-nilly. You're doing it with the purpose. You approach it the same way that you approach any business problem, which is gather your insights, create a strategy, and figure out how to execute it because after a while it's like you're crying wolf like that's all people hear that you just become background noise and you're just that annoying little fly in people's air that's always saying things but never having a solution i mean we all know people like that like yep. you're basically a complainer like yep. all you do is complain mm -hmm. and nobody wants to be around a complainer exactly so with that being said i think it's a good opportunity for us to check ourselves have you, have any of, I know I have, but have you guys felt like you've been in a situation where you were being self-righteous about any of the uh, initiatives that you advocate for? Um, and when you got to that position where you realized, you know what, I'm actually, like, I'm not right right now. How do you come back from that? The way that I've ca caught myself, it's not really about being self-righteous or too self-righteous, is... I don't know this answer. I don't think this is along with your question, but the way that I catch myself in these things being too woke is when I have to, if you get feedback or something and you have to think, oh, is it because I'm a woman or is it because I'm black? Sometimes it's because you're not, you need to improve on it just as a person. Like you just need, like you needed that feedback to be better. And it's, there's no like, extra you know connotation there's no conspiracy around it you know sometimes it is what it is and so yes that's a way it, it can give you a, a path to complain and to to have an out 
but sometimes you need to improve. Sometimes, most of the times, it's for improve. I think it's more times than 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 the other. I don't think it's so like for a woman. Like if you get feedback, it's like, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because they want me to be this way or whatever? And like, no. Sometimes you just need to do better. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's generally been my um, my experience. Also, like taking criticism. Sometimes I'm just not, like, I'd like to be great. I want to be great. You guys push me to be great. But sometimes I fall short of the greatness bar. And by no means do I feel that I'm mediocre. But I also, like, sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, all right, all right, all right. Is the, was there really room for improvement? Yeah. Being honest with yourself. I think another place where um, it's easy for me to, it's easy for me to, to, slip into self-righteousdom um is when it comes to discussing issues between men and women in the workplace um i feel like i feel like sometimes i don't consider that as like be, having a working relationship and a friendship with Simeon has shed light that i didn't realize that so many men do go extra hard to check themselves when working with women as a way to be considerate of our feelings and how we interpret what they are trying to say. Um, and sometimes the idea that, like, I've worked with a, a few men that's like, they kind of tiptoe around things when they talk to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, initially, Why? I would come off like, oh my God, you're just so fucking slow. You're just so dumb. And it's like you're not slow or dumb, but you're trying to be considerate. Yeah. And 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 me not checking my privilege that because I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> the picture just came to my mind. You said it right. Because I'm a lady, or because I'm I'm a woman, that there are people that want to respect that side of me, and so they will act differently. So learning to meet some of my male counterparts or coworkers where they are and expressing to them what I need from them to be uh, the best coworker that I can be as opposed to just assuming, oh, God, men are so lazy, oh, men are so slow. It's like, no, you're not. Or like, why are you talking why to me you, like that? Why are you talking yeah. to me like that? Yeah. Why, why are you being condescending? And it's like, no, they're not being condescending sometimes. Sometimes sometimes people really are just trying to look out and they just don't know how. And therefore, in an effort for you to become better at doing what you're doing and me to be a better co-worker we need to partner with each other to figure out how to move forward together in a way that's productive and safe for both of us mm. um for me um my biggest issue is that i like i tend to approach a lot of things with a very idealistic um pov um and to kai's point where and, I, and I've brought this up to people before where it's like, you know, I, I listen to the grievances of women in offices. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me let me check my privilege. Right. And I often use that as a lens to especially when it comes to racism, where I'm just kind of like, well, why aren't you taking the same initiatives that I'm taking? Right. And to me, that's 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 something that I need to need to check because 
I need to acknowledge that I wasn't always <laughs> this person. Mm-hmm. So all of those years before where I wasn't checking my male privilege, uh, I was probably doing fuck shit. Um, so that's one thing that I'm trying to be more cognizant of now is giving people room to grow out of their isms, right? So like whether it's racism or misogyny or whatever the case may be, giving giving them the same allowance that I was given to to grow because it gets extremely frustrating and and I think for me the thing that gets the most that's the most frustrating is just kind of like, well, you know, everyone's kind of especially in the environment that we work in, which is extremely liberal, right? So everyone kind of thinks that they're for the most part, we work with people with, I feel like the majority of this industry tends to skew liberal. Yes. And so, you know, especially the last couple of years where, you know, more agencies are starting to acknowledge, you know, racism and white supremacy and all these things that are happening in society. Um, And so when I hear people talking about that and then I see them doing things that are counter productive to these movements that they say that they want to be allies to um i don't really give them a lot of leeway like it's just um and it's something that i'm trying to work on but at the same time i'm also trying not to (laughs) so i'm like and and it's something that i'm 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 really aware of which is i want to figure out better ways to not um I want to figure out better ways to to be effective. And to me, part of being effective is is not giving racism a pass at any point. Like, that's just my personal belief, which is if it's wrong, it's wrong. And there's really no grace, no gray area. But acknowledging that I'm somebody who doesn't really believe in the gray area is figuring out better ways to to address these problems and give people the opportunities to um, to grow in those situations where I'm calling them out instead of thinking that they should have the same idealistic viewpoint where you realize that you're wrong and you just like try to snap a finger and, and make it better, like giving people the opportunity to to have flaws, human flaws, you know what I mean? So that's, that's my biggest issue. Like, I mean, as you were speaking, like it brought to me like, because I, because in my team, like I'm one of the most junior people on the team. Like there are a lot of SVPs and VPs. So when someone of on that level says something inappropriate, even as a joke, like I am getting to a point where I'm like, okay, how am I going to respond to it? Because that's going to lead to the next thing. Where is it accepted, accepting to talk like that with my team, or do I need to check myself? Like. Even when an art director or someone says something inappropriate, and it and it could be like something very innocent, they think it's funny, but it really isn't because you have to meet people where they're at. It's I think about how I react, and that will tell them like if I'm okay or not okay with what they said or or you know what they deem as funny. I mean, I think, but I, I guess it's like you know what are you what are you reacting for? Or what are you? hope is the ideal outcome and it's like kai keeps asking me this question like well what do you want out of the situation mm-hmm. right and i think that's that's something in in those moments where we pause 
you know, that's actually a really good gauge, personal gauge for self, which is, all right, cool. I'm acknowledging internally that this thing is happening. What do I want to happen when I re when I react in this right. situation? And and to me, that's that's a gauge, which is like, is it is it that big that someone needs to is a grievance that big that someone needs to change or that you need to bring it up for a mass change or do you want to go into recon mode and then start figuring out well are other people feeling similar things about similar situations because then when you're addressing this problem it becomes for and like i said said before it becomes a solution for for everyone because no one's when it comes down to one person and it's just one person, it's just like uh, complainer. But when it's when it's about other people, when you can say, you know what, Asians are feeling this, feeling this in similar situations, and Latinos are feeling this in similar situations, then that solution has a greater impact. And then and then you do become a champion for diversity and inclusion because it's not just about solving is. A solving solving a uh, problem for yourself it's about solving it for everyone yeah i think is there's like the face value champion and someone who's actually trying to help and, and make the workplace better and let people be themselves so yep so what are some tips we have for people to be to continue to be um progressive advocates for change in the workplace and in advertising without being the annoying coworker who just says shit just to say shit. Oh, I mean, and going back to, to the question that, she, that I said you've been raising lately and I really don't have answers for most of the time, um, which is, you know, what do you want? What do you want to happen? Um, because, and I think that's a really good gauge when you're, especially internally, which is, all right, this happened if I'm calling it out, what do I want to happen? Because if in most of your relationships in life, if you call someone out who you have to continue dealing with on a consistent basis, whether they're a friend or they're a family, they did something wrong, you want something to happen. You want them to, if someone keeps using your shampoo and you want them to stop using your shampoo, you say, I don't want you using my shampoo because it pisses me off. So you know that you want something to happen. And I think when you ask yourself, what do I want to happen in this moment? Or moving forward, what would be the ideal solution? If the ideal solution is petty and doesn't really have any tangible results that other people can benefit from, other people who are like you and, and have sh uh, similar experiences, if they can't benefit from it, then is it worth it or you, you know I mean, and that's why i feel like that question is like a really good gauge it's like what what is the ideal outcome right. and is it just for you or is it for everyone else why are you doing this i think yeah i think that and i think you know you can be woke you can be culturally aware you know never stop doing that but Always know that there is room for your own growth and your own personal learning, and you have to be present at all times, you know, when you want to stand up, when you see injustice, you know, no one's calling you to be a superhero, but, you know, be smart about it. Like, think about things in context, you know, before you become too hot up or, or to the point where, you know, 
you're uncomfortable, like people are uncomfortable to talk to you. The uh, diversity, yes, is an uncomfortable topic to begin with, but at the same time, there is that approachable aspect because this is a fragile part of the workplace. That's why people talk about it all the time. We want this to be a, a, a moving conversation, a moving dialogue, not a space for people to just complain and you know let this be a path for them to complain and air grievances without any solutions and things like that. So, I just, yeah, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, also, just. I, I, I want to be clear. I don't think any. I don't think any of us should worry about whether or not we're making people uncomfortable. Um, Hell just to the no. Let's worry about more so worry about making things better. Right. Um, when you when you get braces and they put those metal straps on your teeth, your gums hurt and right. they swell and they're sore. But the i the the goal is for alignment, right? So as long as you are making people uncomfortable, so that there is alignment in our goals and endeavors i feel like that is what we should be striving for so don't worry about being annoying because you don't want to make people uncomfortable right worry worry about making people uncomfortable for the right reasons yeah i mean i feel like that being uncomfortable promotes change or, or provokes change but yet um because and i'm just speaking from personal experience where listening to women um especially like and not just like office stuff like rape culture right i clearly remember having a conversation with the woman at a party and she was just basically like i kept saying stuff she was like that's that's rape culture and it was like me feeling uncomfortable and then having a really conscious internal conversation with myself all right cool these are things that I shouldn't do or I shouldn't say because it contributes to um, a greater negative that affects all women. And so I think uncom- being uncomfortable is is good, if especially when someone is you're talking to someone who's self-aware because it gives them an opportunity to grow. There are going to people who there are going to be people who get uncomfortable and their only response is going to be anger and those people fuck them like that's just if you don't want to change for the greater good then you know that's your personal um decision and that's why you're probably an asshole and you deserve whatever you get <laughs> damn i mean but but in real life that's that's why you know when when i see you know black twitter take someone out <laughs> like after they've done something racist and you know a couple hours later they lost their job i feel it's justified because you there there's an there are people who get called out and they they use that opportunity to grow and obviously you're going to have some hoteps who don't who don't care about their growth right that's just going to be mm-hmm. That's gonna happen, but when they when people consciously make a decision not to grow, you're an asshole. Like right. that's just when who you, you don't are. Want to do better. You don't want to do better. You're an asshole, and so whatever happens to you, 
good. <laughs> yeah, not my problem. Not, not, my, problem. No, it's not, not my problem. Because you, if you don't, I mean, at the end of the day, this is all about diversity and inclusion is about recognizing people's humanity, that they deserve to be treated like humans, that they deserve to be treated the same as their counterparts. If everyone's being treated shitty in this office, fine. But if I'm the only one being treated shitty in this office, and it's be, and and I'm the person of color, and it's and it's obvious that I'm being treated differently because I'm the person of color, then not okay. And so, this is all about recognizing humanity. And so, when people make a conscious decision to not treat people like humans, you deserve whatever you get. I don't I don't have any sympathy for you. Um, and I'm never ever going to. Yep. All right. Um, well, I feel like that's it. That is it. That was Yay. a good self check. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, as you guys know, I sign off every episode the same way. You can always reach out to <laughs> us. Keep sending us your questions via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or email. You can slide all up in our DMs. <laughs> Yes, you can. Um, you can find <laughs> us on Instagram and Twitter at Ask Mixed Company. At Ask Mixed Company. You can find us on Facebook at Mixed Company Podcast. And you can also email us askmixedcompany at gmail.com. We will holla at y'all later. later. Peace out. Be Take great. It easy. Be dope.